0: hello friend you're listening to the edited for content show a place where we try to understand a topic by extracting truth from theater if you like this podcast let me know share
1: it and come back again so my guest is in my humble opinion The true definition of a fanatic, a 33-year season ticket holder, I welcome Dale Adams. Dale, thank you for coming. I can never thank you enough for doing this for me. You're welcome. So I have to ask, what does it mean to you to be a sports fan? Uh,
0: You know, I played football. I played uh, intramural football. I played uh, junior high football. I played uh, high school football for a couple of years uh, until, you know, I started working outside, you know, after hours. So I I didn't work my junior and senior year, but I still followed the football teams. You know, I was in the band. So I was playing in the band anyways, going to the football games, but you know, football and sports, baseball. um, I got, I I grew up just outside of Detroit, I was a Tiger fan, a Red Wing fan, and a Lion fan. That's
1: a long, long, long
0: suffering Lion fan.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. They're...
0: Kinda similar to what I I had been with the cards.
1: So how so for football, like what you know, when did you get into football and how did that that passion for football truly develop? I mean, I know you were a player. But, I mean, was it long before that? Or, I mean, how did you really get into the love of football?
0: Well, back in the days uh, when we watched football, you got to remember, there was no cable TV. There was no uh, direct TV. There was uh, antennas. And my dad would have to go up on the roof to turn the antenna towards uh, Flint, Michigan, which was the closest state we could get that would have the home straight line because they were blacked out back then. You know, if you didn't fill the stadium, you know, you couldn't get a home game. We got the see away games, no problem. They were on TV, uh, you know, uh, CBS uh, carried carried our games back then, you know. But, I mean, my dad would have to physically get the ladder out, you know, in, in the wintertime, crawl up on the roof, turn the – you know, that was before they – Eventually, it had rotors, you know, that you could press a button, and it would turn the thing, and you could, but, you know, and we watched the games together, and my dad was quite a pessimist. He said, my God, the high school team could probably beat these guys.
1: (laughs) They were so bad back then. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. I remember,
0: I, I, one time we, we went down, and we marched, the band did, marched at a halftime ceremony. At Tiger Stadium, that was a <laughs> grass field. It was it was it was all muck. I'll tell you, it was over our spats and everything else and our shoes. But we they were told, okay, take the field, man. You know, we marched out there and we just we just made it a slush pool. You know, for the football players. Surprisingly, nobody got injured. But I mean, you know, it was amazing. But I mean, that was a Viking game. I remember that. I remember going down there one year at Thanksgiving Day game, because that's always a tradition with the Detroit Lions. And uh, when we were playing the Oakland Raiders, and back then they used to have both teams on the same sideline because they didn't have cameras for both, you know, to to show stuff on both sides of the field. Oh. So so you had two teams on the same sideline. 50-yard line was like the division, and, you know, but Oakland had run up such a score on the Lions that, you know, they were sitting over there and they were laughing their butts off watching watching the Lion players coming off the field, you know, and finally, Alex Karras brought the team together and says, look at them over there. They're laughing their butts off at us. <laughs> we we, we got to do something and we got to do it now. The Lions came back and went ahead, um, and that was back when um, they had—I can't remember his name now—the kicker. He was also a quarterback, um, but he—he—he he, he had a record of coming back and saving games for the Raiders. Um, it was Darrell Monica that started most games, but then he'd come in to save the games at the end. And but he didn't do that. The Lions came back and beat them and just rubbed it into their faces. Oh, wow. But, but I mean, that those are terrific. You know, but, I mean, the rest of the, the year, we will lose our butts. So, <laughs> but, I mean, I still, I was still a fan. I was still a fan. The greats, the greats that have played the game. You know, I saw a lot of great players uh, before I came to. Arizona. I saw, you know, I saw that Barney play. Yeah. I saw uh, great, great piece the back. My God. you know, he was better than Patrick Peterson. I mean, he was a kick. He was a kick returner all through his career. You know, one time I know the ball had been punted to him, and the other team surrounding the ball, he just reached in, grabbed, ran and pick up, like, 20 or 30 yards, you know, perfectly okay. You know, it's like the ball, they hadn't downed it. So he just picked it up and ran while they were all standing around watching. So, but, I mean, you know, and then you had Barry Sanders. You know, I had the Tiger Stadium years, and I had Silverdome years, and, you know, it was great. And then I moved to Arizona. And there was no football here when I arrived. You had to be a cowboy fan or a Bronco fan. And so those were the two teams that were highlighted on TV all the time.
1: Oh, so, so you must have been here so well before '9 or uh, 88 then.
0: Oh, yeah. I was here in 80. Oh, yeah. So I had eight years of, you know, never got to see my, uh, Lions, unless they played the Broncos or the Cowboys. So, you know, it was just, it was just, that was all you got. And so when we got the idea that Cardinals were coming to Arizona, you know, my wife and I, newly married, decided yes, we wanted season tickets. We got married in 87 and we've been season ticket holders since 88. So, I mean, it was like, okay made in heaven she was a she had come from kansas city so she was a chief fan i was a lion fan she had better experiences
1: I... and you know and how lucky for you and how rare to find a spouse who enjoyed the sport i mean to, to share that with oh um, she was in a, she was from nebraska she was a nurse a
0: nursing student and her first uh, IM injection was to uh, the head coach Bob Davini, and she babysitted um,
1: Tom Osborne. Wow! So she was. So she's been around football, oh, much yeah. like you, most most of her life. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's neat. And how rare, like I said, how rare is that to where you guys, I mean, can share that love, have that passion? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's really impressive. So you didn't really follow the Cardinals when they were in St. Louis.
0: I did. I did. I did for a couple of years, a bar that uh, I frequented when I first moved out here. My uh, uncle and my cousins were there. We were part of a group that had kind of the uh, first stages of, oh, what do you call it today? uh, We drafted a team um, and followed them. We put in. Inserted different players on different weeks if somebody was hurt. Or
1: oh, like fantasy! You,
0: it was like fantasy, but wasn't really. You know, because we had designated teams and we couldn't we couldn't change it up. And oh, like, you had to, uh, stay, and there was no Thursday game. So by Friday or Saturday, you that team, you know, who you're going to play, and you got so many, and and basically it was like mostly offensive players you you got you got a little bit of you had a kicker and you had a defensive team that you got points for if they held you know shut out or low low score uh but for the most part it it, yeah you know, so we had low backs and we had roy green on our team so cardinals st louis cardinals yeah so we had had that for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden they moved here, and Lomax was still the quarterback. Jetstream Roy Green was still running those routes. I mean he was he was he was great, you know. And the thing about it was is like okay, they came here, and uh, all of a sudden Lomax his hip goes out. Oh. You know, he, he played at Portland State on that old uh, um, AstroTurf mm-hmm. and just ruined his uh, hip sockets, you know. So, you know, he lasted about, uh, i say two-thirds of the season. And then after that, you know, it was a journeyman's, uh, okay, let me sign in. I'm the journeyman quarterback of the year, you know, for the Cardinals. After Lomax. And at that time, the first six years, they were the Phoenix Cardinals.
1: Yeah. And I was going to ask you about, you know, and some of the research I did before, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, you know, wasn't talking out my other side was yeah. I was going to ask you, why did it go from Phoenix Cardinals to Arizona Cardinals?
0: Because they wanted to include the entire state.
1: Oh, they felt as,
0: it. As As fans. As fans. Because I mean, at the time they were still they were going up to Flagstaff for uh, uh, training.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, that was a great thing for them. They'd go up to in up in the high pines, you know. Supposedly it was supposed to be okay, you know. That's where a lot of Olympians train for their, you know, because the air is so thin. So they thought maybe help them, and then if it rained in the afternoon, like it usually does like stuff in the summer, they could go into the walk up Sky and and practice in there. Oh. So it was perfect for them. So they'd haul all the um, lifting, uh, you know, the training rooms, everything up there, you know, in trucks and everything. And and occasionally a player would get into an accident and go into a ditch or they'd make it up there. But a lot of the fans would go up there and it was a great boost for the for the you know, the economy up there, you know, and mm-hmm. they, they paid to, you know, build a lot of fields up there that they use for soccer later, you know, right. but I mean, it was great. Right. We, you we know, three or four years, you know, that we were able to go with our nursing schedules. We were able to get away and go up there.
1: So, We enjoyed it. Oh well yeah, you know, and you know earlier you mentioned um Portland State University. My first college game that I ever went to was at PSU. Um oh, wow. well, it was one of those deals where, you know, you're on the football team and and you know, and it's high school and of course they, you know, try to make a special trip after the end of training camp or, you know, the doing two a days or whatever. And we went down and actually watched a game at PSU. And um, so that's funny because I, I actually haven't thought about Portland State University for many years. <laughs> nice facility. Very nice facility. Very, very nice. And And at the time, you know, you know, AstroTurf, you know, it's. It's easy for us now to think of football fields as being, you know, more turf than grass in many places. But, yeah. um, you know, back then, having AstroTurf on a college field like that, that was a brand new thing.
0: Well, it was asphalt underneath it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's not like today's uh, turf fields, you know, the artificial turf fields that has sand under it. Packed sand. Right. You know that had, you know, a- asphalt. You know, it's like, I mean, it's hard as rock.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. You know,
0: and I had I had several friends that uh, played at the University of Michigan that said that you know when you hit the the line stripes, you know, you just scraped up a you know whole inch of skin off your your elbow. Oh yeah. You know, because it was it was the roughest crap they ever was.
1: Well, yeah, and like you said, it's basically you know we're gonna we're gonna put fake grass over the top of asphalt yeah. and God be with you. I mean, like good <laughs> good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, they used to play at the ASU, right?
0: Oh yeah. Oh God, yes. First two years, my wife and I bought our season tickets. We were on the east side of the stadium, in the lower bowl.
1: Mm-hmm. I-
0: uh, aluminum uh, seats you know that you had a little space that designated for you and we bought you know because you know most of the games are in the daylight and the sun is shining on that uh, aluminum and it was it was hot as hell on your your butt so we bought we bought these seats we bought these little seats with little backs. But the problem is that pitched you so much forward that your knees were hitting the the person in front of you.
1: And if you're on the east side of the dome, as the sun's setting, you're staring into it, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, geez. We thought, okay, let's,
0: the first year we sat down in the lower bowl. Then we moved up a ways and thought maybe by the second half we would be in the shade. Well, not really. But, so then we decided, well, heck with this crap, you know, so we moved up to the, what's called the loge, the second deck, you know, which had, um, like, theater seats, but they were still aluminum. Oh. And we were still, and they were still on the east side, and we got the first row. Love the first row, you know, because you don't have a lot of people getting up and down in front of you. But... At one time, we were at a game. Uh, there was a touchdown right in front of us. And they shot a picture, the, Nash, uh, the Arizona Republic shot a picture of the guy catching the touchdown pass. It was a critical pass at the time of the game. And they showed two people in the stands. They were up in the Loge area, and that was us. <laughs> When we we were still out in the sun? We were still out in the suns, and we we always stay to the end of the game. We never leave early, no matter what the score is.
1: See, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, being a fanatic because for you, it's. I mean, you stay. You stay through. Well, let's be honest. I mean, many thin years, horrible scores, and some heartbreaking losses. In fact, I want to talk about a couple of the heartbreaking losses, because I really want to kind of get your feeling and kind of understand the emotion behind some of these games that the Cardinals were in. And I kind of want to do it chronologically. And I want to start with the 2008 Super Bowl. <laughs> we
0: didn't lose
1: it. Well, we did,
0: we did, we did not lose it. You you look at pictures from Sports Illustrated. You look <laughs> at pictures from Arizona Republic. Time, time pitchers where that toe is touching by the wide receiver. However, his other foot is wrapped around his ankle, and it's not touching the field. However, NBC, that game was a long game for a Super Bowl because there was a lot of scoring in it. There was a lot of passing. You got you know, you, you got Warner and, and, you know, Steeler quarterback. I mean, they were throwing passes. Okay. Incompletions, whatever. But, I mean, it it, it was a long game. And NBC wanted to get to the brand-new uh, TV show that was going to start right afterwards. And it was very well pushing into their late-night hour. So they, they said, okay, that's it. That's enough of a replay.
1: So, okay, for those that don't know, and for those that didn't probably watch it and don't understand. so Why wouldn't they that
0: game? <laughs> as played on ESPN as one of the best games in the world.
1: Well, so basically what it boiled down to is, and just there was a call where the Steelers caught the ball. And maybe not a hundred percent of reception.
0: Nope, it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't.
1: So when you, I have to tell you, when I sent you the questionnaire before this, and I was laughing, I really was laughing out loud because I actually had to go back and look because you actually wrote on your questionnaire because I asked about one of your greatest moments and this, that, and the other, and you were like, when we beat the Steelers, and I actually had to go back online and look, and I'm like, I don't think you did. <laughs> so you actually made me look to see because you are hell-bent for fire that you guys won that game.
0: <laughs> well, you look at the Sports Illustrated following that game. Right. And you look up in the archives of the Arizona Republic, and there's two different pictures of that reception's toe touch mm-hmm. and it was only it was it was it would have been okay for ncaa but it was not okay for the nfl
1: right and i find it interesting and i think what i really didn't realize is that that was kind of the the super that was the super bowl appearance for the cardinals that was like, the only one that's the, the only, only one, one. Um, they won an, an NFL or an NFC championship, I think when they were in Chicago or something like that, which I found interesting too, because I didn't realize that they actually started in Chicago. Oh yeah. Before going to St. Louis. They were in Chicago from like forty-five to fifty-nine, then went to yeah. St. Louis from sixty to eighty-seven.
0: And I think they teamed up with the Steelers to form a team during World War II. Really? Yes, because there was not enough players to play because most of them had gone to the war. Wow. So, I mean, but then Rooney and his Steelers, you know, they were the laughing stock of the league for years. They were the deadpan last place all the time team. And then all of a sudden, they got an infusion of money. I don't and rumor has it. Mafia, but anyways.
1: <laughs> they connection. connection. There was a connection turned
0: it around. They got Chuck Knowles and then after that the the guy on TV, CBS, um, you know, come in as coach and they went back to back to back to back. And you know, sitting in that stadium in Tampa Bay like my wife and I did. And every time out, we got another
1: Steeler history note. Oh, yeah. Of a great
0: championship game that they played. But yet there were none for the Cardinals because that was our first to last. Yeah. You're listening to Edited for Content. Separating truth from theater.
1: Was that was that Madden that coached them?
0: Oh no, 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 no. That was Chuck Knowles and uh the coach. Um he's on CBS. Uh oh got the beard. Oh uh,
1: Coward. Co- um, yeah. yeah cower. cower, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. replaced him. And then after he left, the present coach is there.
1: Right, right. So,
0: but I mean, it, it was like, it was, it was like the Cardinals for years mm-hmm. there, you know, back okay, coach didn't do well, let's fire it. Okay, let's fire another coach. Okay, let's fire another coach in Pittsburgh. And then, but the Cardinals, you know, they did the same thing. And it was just, you know, like I said, after um, Lomax got hurt, it was just, you know. Okay, you got an old quarterback, bring him in. Jim McMahon, Boomer Esiason, mm-hmm. David Craig, you know, all these guys They were at the end of their ropes came in, took the millions of dollars that the Cardinals were offering and didn't give us a thing.
1: Wow. You know,
0: and it wasn't until, well, then one year, um kid out of, uh, I think, Washington State, Tim Roosevelt, left early um, after the draft was over. You know, he was a junior, left early, and the Cardinals took him in the supplemental draft, brought him in, and he started like uh, maybe two and a half years with us. Didn't pan out. He, he, he was not that good. But then the, Card- the Cardinals did a right thing. They drafted Jake Plummer. Out of ASU. Oh yeah, and they got a lot of new new fans, you know. At ASU, you know, we're still at ASU, so Jake Plummer was just, you know. However, the coaches the wanted to change him, wanted to make him a pocket passer. Uh, Don't don't roll out, don't throw the pass, don't run the ball, don't do this, don't do that, you know. And they ruined him, and then he went up to Denver, and John Elway said, do whatever you want. You know, you were successful running the ball, throwing on the run, Do whatever you do, do it. Right. You know, if you win the game. So, you know.
1: So was it the next year that you guys went 11 and five? Or was that, when was the year that you guys played the Panthers and you guys had an 11 and five record?
0: Oh, we went and beat the Panthers. It so was like okay. When we the year we went to the Super Bowl, we were uh, we were like seven and nine,
1: right? Well, and it was either the so year we after won
0: th- we won our division, and and all the other chips fell just perfect. That once we I think won one game out of town for the uh, um oh, crap, Uh, play in. Anyways, we got it. We got it so that we could play at home the last two or three games. Right. Philadelphia, they had a better – but they were not the champions of the East. Right. So – and neither was another team that played us that year at home. You know, it was like,
1: crap. Well, the reason I bring it up is because one for and I and I and I apologize because I can't remember the year, but there was one year yeah, the, the eleven and five record, and you guys played the Panthers who were seven eight and one, yeah, and they beat you in the playoffs, and then oh they beat, and then beat us back. yeah, and then twenty fifteen. Well, that was and then twenty fifteen was the year that you played the Panthers and they beat you guys forty nine to fifteen. So the reason I bring these two up is because I have to ask. Who do you hate more? The Steelers or the Carolina Panthers? (laughs)
0: Well. I mean, mean, in my heart, in my heart, I believe we won the Super Bowl. Nobody else is going to believe it.
1: Your your final, your dying words are going to be, we won the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) You are so dead set on that.
0: But that game that, Cam Newton ran up the score on us, and he was doing his Superman and really? shooting air in the sky. I mean, we never did that when we beat them there in their stadium. Right. I mean, you know,
1: you just you
0: just show a little class.
1: So who do you hate? Yeah. So who do you hate more, the Steelers or the Panthers?
0: <laughs> I, I don't really care for the Panthers, but I mean, I hate the Steelers.
1: Well, I figured you know when I look.
0: I know their fans are nasty. The Steeler fans are nasty. My wife went to the restroom at Tampa Bay at the Super Bowl, uh, and there was a lineup, as there always is at the female restrooms, and somebody'd leave that was a Steeler uh, shirt on, and somebody yelled, okay, no Steeler fan, come on up.
1: Oh, no.
0: When she was first in line.
1: And it's like,
0: this is ridiculous. You guys are acting like children.
1: Oh, that's re- that's unreal.
0: But, I mean, the same stuff happens that used to happen in Oakland. You know, when um, I I worked with a couple of doctors, and they went there with the Kansas City jerseys on, and they, they refused to let them in the bathroom. The Oakland Raider fans.
1: And Raider, you know, and that's the thing. Like you know, you mentioned that it's about you know different levels of fans being just out of hand. The Raiders, I don't know why the Raider Nation or whatever you want to call it, why they have to act a fool and be at that level. They're they're nuts. They're Raiders. (laughs) Yeah, they're.
0: Look at the helmet. It's got a knife blade in their mouth and. You know. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the the personification. I mean, the only two games I have missed in so far 32 years is one preseason game and one regular season game. And both of them were with the Oakland Raiders.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. And for clarification, this, this fall will be your 33rd year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. And the, of all that time, the, the Raiders is the only one you won't go to. Yeah. I mean,
0: outside of last year, that, throw an asterisk in the place. We made it to one game, but I mean, it's been two games. So, 31 years, it's been two games. Uh, the one game was towards the end of the season with the Raiders, and the security at uh, ASU Stadium was horrible. And My wife and I decided, no, it's not worth it to go there. And and the thing was is that we found out later that people said they would jump in front of the beer lines and then turn around and look at you like, okay, go ahead and say something. I'll punch your lights out. Wow. You know, I mean, that's the way they were. And then the other game was I had eye surgery on a Friday, and the game was on a Saturday night in preseason.
1: Mm-hmm. So I was one eyed and I usually drive out to the stadium. So. Well, here's the thing. If you're one eyed and you were going to go see a Raiders game, you could have wore a patch yeah. and that would have been fabulous. Oh
0: yeah. That'd have been perfect.
1: Oh yeah. You'd have been already patched up and you'd have been good to go. Um, oh yeah. You, so you, you kind of had a little asterisk there. So I'm assuming the asterisk is related to COVID.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So how did COVID affect your season? Like what, what happened as a season ticket holder? Like, how did that work? Did you get your, you know, did you at least get something back? I mean, cause you pay up front.
0: They offered, they offered to pay us our, our, our money back. Mm-hmm. That we had already paid because they hit you very early. Uh, but they also offered the fact that, okay, if you, decide that you want to up for next year and then this year we're up in the club level so we have to renew the first year the first time we moved to the stadium we did 10 years okay 10 years of and we got a beautiful regular size football cardinal helmet with Anquan um signature on it
1: oh wow that
0: was, that was to say, thank you for signing up for 10 years. Then the next five years was up this, this past year. So we had to up again for another five years up there. So uh, we rolled it over to this year.
1: Oh, okay. So, our season, our- so did you get to see any games at all last year at all? One
0: year. One game, and that was Seattle.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, that's
0: right. in in overtime. Gonzalez finally kicked the ball, right?
1: (laughs) It happens. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. And, And I guess, you know, as a fan and as, you know, somebody who has had the years that you had, to... I guess there was, it was kind of a bittersweet thing for you then because you had at least football. Like they didn't cancel the season outright, but you still didn't get a chance to see it live.
0: No, no. I mean, in, in this is Kyler's second year and he could have used, I think, fans support. Kyler yeah. Murray. Kyler Murray, yes. Yeah, I the quarterback. Could, fan support in, uh, you know, defense could have used us also. You know, to because it's a dome stadium, so it's nice to have that loud crowd of uh, people there.
1: Right, know? right. No, no, I completely get it. So, but
0: yet as you have alluded to yourself and tried to bribe me to get tickets <laughs> for the Green Bay game. A lot, of tea, a lot of a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fans will sell like Seattle. And if Pittsburgh's in town, they'll sell the Pittsburgh game for their entire, um, how much it costs for their season tickets.
1: Well, and okay. Yeah. So two things though, and I have to say this cause this really pissed me off. So the full disclosure okay. for full disclosure, for those that don't know, My wife is a Green Bay Packer fan. I'm actually a New York Giants fan. It makes for interesting conversations. But the point being is that next fall, the Green Bay Packers are coming to town to play the Arizona Cardinals. And I wanted to go and I reached out to Dale and thought maybe he might want to part with his tickets. Now, here's what really pissed me off about looking at tickets for the Cardinals stadium. So they have these tiers of tickets and they have these games on like the first tier which is kind of like yeah we don't care if you come or not it's we don't care. Then there's yeah. this next t- level which is kind of a more premium one. And I don't even remember there was like three teams on there, four teams. Then there was one a tier after that which was kind of like the you know platinum tier or whatever. And and of course it goes up exponentially, money wise for each of these tiers, and on and on that tier was like two or three teams, and then at the very top tier, which is essentially Everest, there was one freaking team on that top tier, and it was. The Green Bay Packers. So it's like we know that you guys want to come to this game. We know we have a huge population that wants to come and watch the Green Bay Packers. So we are going to make those the most ridiculously expensive tickets of all time,
0: providing Rodgers continues to play for it.
1: Well, and I don't even. Yeah, well, even with Rodgers, got you know. And it's funny I should say that because people felt that same way when Favre was there. And when he left, they all thought that, well, Green Bay, you know, there's not going to, you know, there's going to be a drop off in fans. Nobody's going to want to watch them. And that wasn't the case. And I think whoever takes Rogers' place, it's going to be the same thing. To be quite honest, I wasn't really thinking about when I was getting tickets for this game because I didn't think it through and I shouldn't have bought the tickets. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I forgot J.J. Watt is now on the Arizona Cardinals, and my wife—that's one of her two boyfriends—and I really wasn't thinking that through. So, so is she
0: going to do if she's if J.J. Watt is dragging down her other boyfriend?
1: Well, and that's that was I, we we had that conversation, <laughs> and I asked, she will always be a Packer fan, but she's going to enjoy watching J.J. Watt in any fashion. Um, So, yeah, but I just when she's when I told her about the ticket, she's like, oh, my God, JJ Watts there. And I'm just like, give me a break. And the ironic part is that it used to be Clay Matthews was her other boyfriend, but he's not with Green Bay anymore. So that's okay. So I'm going to ask you a question and I'm really curious about the answer. (laughs) If you had to pick. This season. For the man to lead your team and I'm going to name three names, all three at their peak, which do you choose? Kurt Warner, Carson Palmer, or Kyler Murray?
0: Kurt Warner. At his peak. At his peak.
1: Because I kind of –
0: That man could get the ball out of his hands. He'd look over the defense, and he'd know who was going to be open. Except at the it, Super
1: Bowl. <laughs> Except at the he biggest game. He that
0: pass the end zone, <laughs> that linebacker ran 99 yards for a touchdown.
1: Except at the biggest game of his career. Other than that, it yeah. was 100%. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, he's he already won a Super Bowl with, with the
1: Rams. Yeah. Well, and Carson the reason I bring it up is because, you know, Carson Palmer actually has a better record.
0: I know, I know, I know. But Warner, he had a a lot lesser team. I mean, Warner played. I don't. Had two great. He had two great wide receivers. But at the time, Fitzgerald was not the number one. He was Anquan Bolden. Wow,
1: that's and, a bold statement. Because I think I think Warner had some great weapons.
0: Oh, he did. But I mean, those those two. Anquan Bolden
1: was the was number one
0: because he was the the guy that got the yards after the catch.
1: Right, right, right. Secondary. Absolutely.
0: And Healy, Coach Healy, went after um, Fitzgerald and told him, you could be the same as him if you would just run the ball harder after you catch the ball. Just don't, you know, first hit, drop to the ground.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, You want to protect yourself and play another game. However, buck it up, strengthen up, and you can run just like Anquan Bolden. Right. Right. And he did. Yeah. And he did. He'll be a first, first time, you know, Hall of famer.
1: Oh, first round, first ballot. Absolutely. Without a doubt.
0: no No question. But I mean, Kurt Warner, he got that ball out so fast. I mean, I I remember many times in in one of the playoff games, down towards our end zone, you know, he snapped the ball, and the next thing I knew, he had that ball so fast, and it was, I think it was uh, Fitzgerald that caught it and ran for a touchdown, you know, Mm -hmm. like 80 or 90 yards. But, I mean, it was like, that's what he did. He had it out of his hands so fast. Because he knew, based on the defense, who was going to be open. Palmer, yeah, Palmer had some great games. And he beat uh, Rodgers in overtime one year. Rodgers just threw the heck out of the ball, getting touchdowns and catching up in the game and sending it into overtime. And I remember we got the ball, and it was like, you know, Carson Palmer was just being inundated by defensive linemen, and all of a sudden, here's Fitzgerald standing in the middle of the field, wide open, and he tossed the ball to him, and your your wife's other boyfriend missed him
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the run towards the goal line. Wow. Now, he that got tripped up, like, at the five-yard line. And in the next... I think it was the very next play, they did like a flea flicker where Fitzgerald came in front of uh, Carson Palmer. He pitched it to him and, and he just darted into the end zone for the touchdown and then win and over to his Green Bay. Rodgers does not do well in our stadium.
1: No, no, not historically.
0: He, he's got a losing record if you look.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, What's the craziest thing you've ever done? as a fan? As a fan? Oh, crap. And, uh, I, and I want you to, I mean, I'm talking from five-year-old Dale watching the Lions with Dad to yeah. now, what is the craziest thing you've ever done as a fan?
0: Oh, man. I mean, I've sat through some uh, games at college that were out in the snow, in a snow blizzard, but, um, Um, Probably the thing that got me nearly kicked out of the game was the fact that I, there was one of the Eagle games at the old ASU Stadium. Somebody had put a poster, or, you know, they painted a banner for Philadelphia, and they plastered it right down in front of our two seats, my wife and
1: I. (laughs)
0: I was very nice about it. I, <laughs> I plucked it off the, the stadium facade in front of me. <laughs> and I rolled it up. I, rolled it, I didn't tear it up, rip it up, or go crazy on it. I rolled it up, and I put it in the dump, I, and I put it into a trash container. <laughs> that a while later, a Philadelphia fan male came up to me and he says you know my my wife spent hours painting that <laughs> i said i don't care she could hold it in front of her you know and and they were not on the first row i said she can hold it up in front of her all she wants but she ain't gonna do it in front of me this is my damn stadium oh <laughs> <laughs> so he went he went and found uh um, security and I had the entire game I had a uh, department of services uh, DPS officer watching me the entire
1: game. <laughs> you had a chaperone. Yes. <laughs> the entire game.
0: Wait, waiting for me to do something stupid. I'm not to do anything stupid. I said I just you know, if, if the officer had come down and asked me, I said, look, this is my stadium. This is Arizona. I'm not gonna have a Eagles fans banner in front of me. You know, she can pick, you know, I mean, at the time, it's 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 uh it's Sun Devil Stadium. There's ever ever been around there that she, she could have placed it and nobody would have been in front of it, back of it. So, I mean, she could have changed it. Just take it out of the trash and take it
1: somewhere else. Just don't well, put it in front of me. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm I'm sorry. I mean, I don't mean to be like but I mean, that's why they say rise up red sea, you know, take control of your stadium, you know, mm-hmm. because everybody is from somewhere. Your wife is from upper michigan yep. green bay fan yep you're from <laughs> and a new york city fan
1: well and uh, yeah but you know i mean you know why i mean i'm from oregon we didn't have professional teams i mean it wasn't not for football anyways and so i guess, yeah. oh, get we, we're not having that discussion we are not even going to talk about the c no no c chickens we're not talking about the 49ers no c chickens we are not having that conversation. You know how I feel about the sea chickens. We ain't even going to bring that up. All right. Um, Dale, I cannot thank you enough. I, you have been an absolute joy. Oh, now the dogs are barking. Boy, they're really excited now. Dale, you have been an absolute joy. I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule um, to sit and talk. Um, You are and will always be what I think of when I think of a true fan Um, a fanatic of the sport. Um, I can't thank you. Just all I can say is thank you.
0: been listening to the edited for content podcast again if you enjoyed it let me know share it and come back again thanks for listening my friend have a great day